Welcome back to another episode of Trip Report. I'm still trying to track down a few guests to get on here. In the meantime, I figured it would be worth just going into another solo cast. I'm in the previous solo cast. I had mentioned, or I kind of explained my background, what got me here, and went into my first psilocybin experience. In that, I had also mentioned that most profound changes that I saw with my brain, my psyche, my personality, I noticed within that first year. And I figured I would detail that a little bit further and then go into probably one of the most interesting experiences that I had within that first year working with psilocybin. So just to get into it, the biggest change that I feel like I noticed after that first six months to a year of working with psilocybin was it drastically improved my ADD. Now, I was never diagnosed with ADD. I wasn't somebody who was on Ritalin or any of those drugs as a kid, but where I'll say that I had ADD was throughout high school, middle school, all the way up until 29 when I started working with these things. What I noticed was if I was trying to read something, you know, especially like a novel, a book, something like that, I would start getting through the paragraph and my mind would wander and it would just start thinking about anything here and there. And I would just lose focus on what I was actually reading. So I would find myself having to reread and reread and reread the paragraph in order to get that information to stick. Now, it was okay with textbooks and those sorts of things because I could read enough to take notes and then study that to pass a quiz or a test. But when it came to a novel, that sort of thing, whenever it was book reports in high school, I would just read cliff notes and that was enough to be able to write the book report and get it done because when it came from reading a book from cover to cover, it just wasn't going to happen with my brain not being able to focus. Now, I believe it was Rick Strassman's DMT, The Spirit Molecule. That book came on my radar and something told me it's time to try reading again. And so I ordered the book. And like I said, this is after a few experiences with psilocybin. And I sat down and I read that book cover to cover and everything stuck. All that information downloaded into my brain. And it was kind of profound to, to realize that I could read and comprehend and store this information now without any of the distraction. So, I mean, I kid you not, within that first year of working with psilocybin, I, I read probably 20, 25 books, somewhere around there. And it was just like my brain was a sponge and I wanted to keep putting more information in there. That, I think, is probably the biggest, most beneficial change that I've experienced through working with plant medicines. The second, I think, would be my hatred for being buzzed or drunk on alcohol. Now, some people may disagree and be like, well, I like getting a buzz. I love that feeling. And maybe it's not for you if you do truly feel that you need to have that feeling in your life. But as I had stated previously, I used to drink a lot and I found that I needed that buzz to get out in public and want to interact with people and be outside of my comfort zone. But what I had found after having a couple of drinks after a couple months of using psilocybin was that when that buzz kicked in, my brain felt stupid and I would find myself like searching for words and it just wasn't operating on not only the normal level, but with using psilocybin for the few months previously, my brain was working on a higher level of function. So it now felt extra stupid to be in a, I guess, best word for it is drunken stupor. And I hated getting there. Now, this is what I'm going to elaborate on in my psilocybin for addiction podcast, but it wasn't a matter of 
I didn't even think in my mind that I wanted to stop using alcohol or that I was trying to cut back on drinking. It just reprogrammed me to realize that my brain doesn't work as well whenever I'm under the influence of alcohol. And therefore, I just didn't want to drink anymore. I mean, even today, I'll still have a drink with dinner or a drink occasionally, maybe once a month, I'll have a drink or two. But there is no part of me that looks to get a buzz on or anything like that anymore. So this is another one of those profound changes that came through. And I always tell people, like when I say that my brain works better on these substances, one thing that I found fascinating is during one experience on the beach in St. Thomas, it kind of explained to me visually how my brain worked when I was on these substances. So if you were to think about a car and then you think what types of cars are there? Okay, well, there's imports and domestic and then beyond that okay well from domestic what brands are there okay you got chevy you got ford and you have to think through all these different things now when under the guise of psilocybin the way that it works is it's almost like instant drop down menus so i think car and then immediately underneath car i have import domestic i have electric diesel gas i have every make every model the engines that are in there so it's almost bizarre because your brain works faster than your speech can keep up with it, than you can articulate what you're experiencing. So that's why I think the study that was done back in the 60s, 70s, where they used, I don't remember if it was LSD or psilocybin, but for problem solving. And it was, they brought several people in that were stuck on some specific academic problem, gave them the psychedelic. And then at the end of the study, it was like 90% of these unsolvable problems had been solved. And I think that that's why is because your brain just has so much more information that it tunes into immediately and it makes it easier to solve problems. Having this higher level functioning brain is what made me really hate alcohol and any downers because it makes my brain not work to its full potential. And I have no room for that in this life. The third biggest change that I noticed was I definitely had some level of OCD prior to working with psilocybin. And the things that I can think back to that were the most OCD for me were locking the front door. I would go back and check. And then in my mind, even when I'm driving away and I had double checked that the front door was locked, I'd still think, oh, did I lock that front door? Same thing with the stove. Think, oh, did I turn the stove off? Walking away from the car, I would find myself pressing the lock button on the door three or four times, even though I know that I had hit it and I'm walking away, I would still be as far away as my key fob would still reach the car. I'd be trying to press it to lock it. And then the other one that I would notice is like after the restroom, I would keep checking like, is my fly up? And again, never formally diagnosed with OCD, but that is all OCD behavior for sure. And that completely went away within, like I said, the first few uses of psilocybin. So Whenever they say that these things are beneficial for OCD, ADD, I'm a prime case of how those weren't even on my radar. I didn't set intentions like, let's fix this. It just, whatever was in my brain that was short-circuiting, that was causing these behaviors just remedied itself and it was totally fine. So that was pretty fascinating. And again, something that helped me a lot in life because I wasn't worried about my focus going elsewhere. 
The fourth thing that I'll mention was an appreciation for nature. I distinctly remember being younger and hearing people talk about, oh, the sunset. And I'm just like, yeah, there's colors in the sky. What's, what's the big deal? And it just didn't resonate with me how beautiful a sunset could be. And it's like now I found myself in situations, especially, you know, the really good ones where the clouds are all lit, where I'll just stop and, you know, take a few breaths and truly soak in what I'm witnessing. And that goes with everything in nature. I mean, there's plenty of times I've stopped just to like admire a tree or look at a bizarre succulent or cactus or something like that. And I mean, at the safari park out here, I think I have more interest in walking around looking at all the foliage and trees and plants and that sort of stuff than I do even the animals. It's fascinating that that first off I didn't have an appreciation for nature. I don't know where that went away or if I had it when I was younger or I mean who knows where it went to, but it certainly has come back and I am so grateful to have that appreciation, you know, for nature in itself. But I think those are the four biggest, most profound changes that I've found personally from working with plant medicine. So yeah, since this is the trip report podcast, let's just get into the, the trip report itself. Like I said, I was 29 when I started using these things. I had gone with a three and a half grams and I had mentioned in the last podcast that I'd come to find out later that the ones that I got from Santa Barbara were very weak. So I had gotten another source and I decided that for my 30th birthday that I wanted to have a group of close friends over and I figured we would just do a group psilocybin trip. Cause up until this point, I think I had only done it solo. I had always done it by myself, no one else around. Now I can't recommend that, especially for a first timer, it's highly recommended to have a trip sitter there or somebody to rely on in case things go south. That being said, I didn't have any difficult experiences in that first six months of, of working with psilocybin. Now I definitely will get into, I don't wanna say bad trips, but difficult trips in, in some upcoming episodes because that's a very real possibility. And I wanna make sure that everybody doesn't think this is all just cartoonish, happy, good times, because that's not the case. But that being said is, the most profound things that I've learned about myself, I learned in the difficult experiences. So I think that they're absolutely necessary. So I decide, you know, 30th birthday, we'll have some close friends over to the house. I decided to tell everybody to start with an eighth, so three and a half grams, because that's where I started and I felt like that was good. And then I thought, you know, I'm going to tune it up a little bit higher. I'll go four grams this time. And I, you know, dose out the tea to everybody and everything starts to hit within, you know, 20, 30 minutes or so, I find out pretty quickly that I have gone much deeper than I have in the previous experiences. So in my mind, I initially rationalize it as just, okay, when you titrate the dose up, it's exponentially more powerful. So two grams to three and a half is one thing, but then three and a half to four just goes exponentially higher. And that's why I'm in this zone. But then I'm looking around and seeing all these guys, especially first timers that are deep, deep in it. And that's when I realized, oh no, like this is what a real psilocybe cubensis mushroom has the power to do. And I think they were golden teachers, something like that. Either way, everybody was pretty highly dosed for their first experience. A couple of the guys had had experience before, but I think everybody had a, an overall pleasant experience with it. Now, I through meditation had discovered binaural beats and isochronic tones. And if you're unfamiliar with them, it essentially pumps one frequency in one ear and a separate frequency in the other ear. And then they cross and the brain has to combine them two in a way 
that it can change the alpha, beta, delta, whatever states in the brain, that it helps get into a meditative state easier. Now you can find these on YouTube, you can find them on Spotify, but they are really good for meditation. And some are more musical sounding and some are just tones that play in each ear. But either way, I thought, okay, if these are so profound for meditation, let's try these for the psilocybin journey. So I threw my headphones in, started playing them, and people were kind of scattered all around the backyard, in the house, whatever. And I decided that I was going to get on the roof so I could get a better view of the clouds and the sky and all that sort of thing. So I climbed up there and, like I said, had the isochronic tones on. And it was it was heavy. I mean, it was these were the most vibrant visuals that I've had to date. So I just kind of laid back and started to guide my way through the visuals. And I just felt like I was going deeper and deeper and deeper into this other realm the feeling that I had was if anybody's seen Donnie Darko, there's a, a scene in the movie where he has like a tether connected to him and he's kind of following this weird ethereal tether. And I felt like I had that connected to my back and that I was just dropping deeper into this bizarre realm. I got to a point where I saw all these things that were, I don't want to say that they were malevolent, but it looked like a bunch of kind of like snakes or something, but digitalized almost like mechanical snakes and they were jumping all over each top of each other and, you know, running through each other. And it looked kind of like a snake pit full of these, the best way to describe them is like a mechanical snake with, with jaws and teeth. And as I got near them, it, I felt like the tether pulled taut. And so I was just kind of sitting there observing them and it kind of told me like, okay, it, it's time to go back because if you go any further and that tether snaps, you can't get back into you. Like that's, you're just go, you're, you're stuck in this forever. So I was like, okay. I mean, I, so I sat there and observed for a little bit. And while I was watching what was going on, this bizarre language came into my head and it, it's not comparable to any of the languages that are used on this earth right now. And it was hard for me to even put it into words or, or to phonetically produce it because it was so bizarre. And so I was trying to write it down in the journal that I had with me, some of the words and trying to phonetically sound them out. And there was, there was like a writer's block as if this language that I learned on the other side is not supposed to come through to this side. And it was like, every time I would try to write something down, I couldn't get it the way that I wanted to. And then when I look back at the journal the next day there was I, I saw a, a note that said it won't let me write it and that was kind of weird um, and, and again my handwriting while writing in the journal while on these four grams was was so different than my normal handwriting it looked like a different person had been writing what was all in there and I distinctly remember too while I was writing because the the swims and the the hallucinations whatever you want to call it were going on I would go to write a letter and I would, or I'd put a line down and then it would disappear because it's, you know, the, the waving of the paper and everything as I was trying to write. And I think that's where I, I thought it won't let me write it because as I was trying to sketch it out, the words were disappearing and then they would come back. So it was really difficult to even put words on paper. But the one word that I always have to laugh at that did come through is the, the only phonetic word that I was able to get out was nurchendurter, which such a bizarre word. I don't, I don't know what it means, but it, you know, this, this bizarre language kept coming through. And finally I had had enough time on the roof. I 
decided I wasn't going any further because I didn't my tether to break. So I decided to go back down and join everybody else that was in the house, backyard, whatever. So I climbed down and I'm walking over. There was a boombox playing with a, I think, Spotify playlist. And I wanted to take that Spotify and put it in my headphones. So I was trying to communicate with those who were listening to the boombox. And I was trying to say, hey, you know, I'm going to switch to my phone. So it's going to kick off from the boombox. If one of you guys wants to connect your phone to the boombox and play whatever you want to go for it. This is what I wanted to say to them. But when I started to try to talk, I couldn't speak. And all of the words that I wanted to use, like boombox or like music, when it came in my head, it came in my head as this bizarre alien language. So it was as if I had downloaded the alien language in place of English in my brain. So I legitimately could not communicate with everybody. I would go to speak and some weird gibberish would come out and they looked at me all confused. Like, why are you just making weird noises to us? And they're laughing and I'm having a little bit of a crisis mode where I'm thinking I can't speak English anymore. I only know this alien language. I can't communicate with people. So I just walked away and I think I came in, laid down, kicked off of the isochronic tones because that got me too weird, clearly, and went back to music. And so then I just kind of let the rest of the experience ride, you know, just listen to music, wandering through the ethereal space. And then as the experience started to wear off, that's when the English language started to find its way back into my brain again. And then I could communicate. I, you know, I, I think I talked to myself a little bit just to make sure that I knew English and then went out to talk to people and explained what had happened. But the most fascinating thing from that was for the next probably two years, anytime I was in a higher dose experience, that language came back in again, or I would at least think about bits and pieces of that language. Certain words would come through. I never got to a full loss of English again, but every time it would start to kick in, I would start to think about that language again. I think I found the source of it in an ayahuasca experience recently, which I'll elaborate on when I start to detail those ayahuasca experiences. But it was very bizarre nonetheless. That being said, probably one of the best birthdays I've ever had. And everybody, especially the newbies that had never experienced psilocybin for, they had all had a really good experience. And yeah, it was like almost every everybody there felt like they had a really good reset after all was said and done. Yeah, that's my quick little trip report. I'll keep this one short. One of the main reasons for this podcast is just to share some of the beneficial things with, with plant medicine work. And those four were, to me, the most profound and I, I, I figured worth sharing. Yeah, so we'll wrap that one up there. I'm hoping to have another guest in here this week, which I'll get put out next week. But if that doesn't work out, I think, yeah, the next one will be, um, I, I do want to detail my first five gram quote unquote heroic dose experience. And then I think from there, I'm going to bump into my very first ayahuasca experience. So those will be the upcoming solo casts. But until then, everybody enjoy it. Take care.